welcome to the Advance Your Art podcast, where we talk about the journey from artist to entrepreneur and everything in between. You've worked hard to hone your craft. Now take it to the next level with tips, techniques, strategies, and routines used by successful artists to grow their businesses and careers. Now, let's get started and have some fun with your host, Yuri Cataldo. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Advance Your Art with Yuri Cataldo. If you're interested in learning how to build a company, make money from your art, or transition to a new career, you've come to the right place. If you like this episode, please make sure to like and subscribe and share it with a friend. Today, I'm chatting with Hugh Byrne, PhD. He is a teacher, trainer, and author on mindfulness and compassion for spiritual and social transformation, and the lead teacher at the Insight Meditation Community of Greater Washington. Recently, he's, he's uh, came out with a new book called Habit Swap, Trade in Your Unhealthy Habits for Mindful Ones. Hugh, how are you? I'm doing great today. <clears throat> how are you doing? I'm, I'm doing well. I, uh, where are you calling from? I'm uh, based just out of Washington, outside of Washington, D.C. in Silver Spring, Maryland. Okay. So we're still kind of a little bit more locked down than most, most people right now, but... Um, you know, I get out for walks and, you know, you know, not too restrictive. So doing well. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. How has, in general, how has the last couple of months been for you? Well, it's been, it's kind of been interesting that uh, fortunately, like some of us, but not all of us, I can, I was able to shift pretty much everything I do, almost everything I do from out in the world to doing it, you know, in the way we are today, doing it through Zoom, mainly through Zoom. So I I have uh, weekly meditation classes and they used to be in person, but now they're on Zoom. And I have probably two or three times as many people because people don't have to get in their car and drive, you know, five, 10 miles and can just kind of jump on and, uh, you know, so people can also join from long distances. So I teach a Sunday morning class and we had somebody from South Africa, from Johannesburg there on, and we often have folks from Europe, not often from Australia because the time difference is too kind of crazy. So it's actually been, it's actually been, you know, it's been a lot of fun. I'll just say one more thing about that is I've been wanting to shift more of my work to the online space because then, you know, I can produce something, a workshop or something, and then it keeps, you know, it's evergreen in a way. Mm-hmm. And this has kind of forced me to jumpstart that, kind of push it up to a new level, really. So it's, I, you know, I'm, I'm conscious very much of suffering that's out there because that's kind of the business I'm in. But for myself, and my partner, um, you know, we're grateful for not being badly affected, you know, as some are in this uh, in these times. Yeah, well, that's 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 good. It's good that you're able to ad- adapt and and keep things going that way. So, for my audience who is less familiar with your work, how do you describe yourself and what you do? Well, my I describe myself as a meditation teacher, a trainer. Um, some, uh, you know, a coach, I help people, I help people cultivate 
meditation and mindfulness in their lives with mm -hmm. the in their life with with um, a, a kind of sense that or, or the goal really of living more happily more joyfully really more freely and so it's kind of a helping to do that and if we can get in touch with the places where we're stuck Mm -hmm. we can begin to kind of untangle the ways we often tangled and mindfulness I found is a really key to that. Just this awareness, present moment awareness. Yeah. Excellent. Um, so I do want to get into more of that, but before we do, um, what did you originally go to school for? I went to school in England and I studied law, uh, interestingly, um, uh, you know, cause it kind of, I wasn't, crazily interested in it but uh, I kind of it seemed like oh this seems like an interesting career path and I actually found I was good at it I was mm -hmm. good at that kind of analytical thinking and it wasn't so much I believed in it I kind of saw more and more that law was kind of it was more important that was going on behind the scenes like who really had the power in the society and the law kind of reflects that but I, I was as I say I was pretty good at it and I taught it for four years back I was in my 20s then back in the UK and then relationship marriage etc I came to and uh, uh, two kids I came to the US and I made a shift I actually went into did my graduate work in political science and that's what I had my PhD in mm -hmm. I also got involved this was you know a few de decades ago in the kind of work around Central America folks will probably you know some folks will remember that some will know of it but the time of people coming up escaping the wars in that region and I was very much involved in human rights work in that at that time and um you know, that were kind of linked up with what I was doing there with, uh, you know, studying for a PhD and writing a dissertation and all of that stuff. Oh, good. So what, what was it then that made you shift a bit to get on your current path now, studying mindfulness and meditation? Yeah, it's a great question. I'm, uh, really, I was in, in the midst of doing that kind of activist work. I just happened to read a book. You know, these things happen in serendipitous ways. And for me, it was reading a book. And the book I remember well, it was called The Way of Zen by Alan Watts, who was a kind of well-known, you know, Buddhist Zen teacher back in the, what, back in 60s and 70s. Mm -hmm. And I, I started reading that book and it really started resonating with me, even though there were terms I didn't understand, it felt a little bit, confusing in some ways it was like it was pointing to something and I actually had a kind of experience of opening up of not just you know it wasn't just in my head it was just kind of letting go mm -hmm. and it was very very powerful and affected me for a number of months I just felt a level of happiness that I hadn't done for a long time and this was kind of I see this in retrospect as a kind of opening of the door because then I went through the door and I, then I started kind of reading all these books about this and Eastern philosophy and mysticism and all of that. And I kind of got deeper and deeper into it until, you know, the first big next change was going on a meditation retreat, you know, longer meditation retreat for about nine or 10 days. And again, that kind of was another 
dropping down to another level of it. So it was, it was kind of just one of those fortune things, one of those, I suppose, luck things that I happened to hit, it happened to hit me at a certain time and kind of pushed me in a certain direction. And uh, I haven't really looked back from that. Mm -hmm. Oh, great. So as, as part of your journey then, um, and part of what we're chatting about today is, is uh, books, and you've written two of them. What initially made you want to to write your first book? You know what, I, <clears throat> I'd i been practicing meditation and mindfulness for probably 20, 25 years, but I've st I noticed when I looked at my own kind of habits, my own behaviors, that I could get very stuck in certain things, certain habits, that weren't things that I really wanted to be doing. And I said, how come I've been meditating and practicing mindfulness for so long and I'm still caught up in these habits? And yeah. I realized that I came to realize that habits are really have, you know, they're very tenacious, they're very sticky, you know, even with, with some awareness, you can get caught up in them and you keep playing them out and playing them out. So mm -hmm. what it did to me, it said to me, okay, there's something I need to look at here. So I began to read more and more about the science of habit change. You might've heard of uh, Charles Duhigg's book, The Power of Habit, which yeah. is a really excellent book in terms of explaining habits and where they come from and what's going on in our brains. And the more I did, you know, more I read, particularly the original research, you know, the research studies of what's going on in the brain and when habits form, the more I became, came to see that, you know, what, what we all get, you know, why habits are so sticky, why they're so hard to change. And, yeah. and the more I got into it, the more it, I said, okay, this is, it's important. There isn't, there aren't a lot of books around on this theme of bringing mindfulness to habits. There's, there's books like Charles Duhigg's book and mm -hmm. James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, and great books out there, but not very much of, of, of mindfulness as a way to work with our habits, as a way to kind of move in a better direction. What is it that you have, I guess, learned from your, your first book that then you translated to the, the second book and, and wanted to dig into deeper? Yeah, there was a, a, a couple of main main themes uh one that one that what we can do you know the title of the book is that we can actually change from un unhealthy to better you know more healthy habits bad habits to good habits and the mindfulness is the key because mindfulness allows us to bring the habit and you know whatever's triggering us to get you know to keep doing that to bring that into awareness. So what it does is it actually makes what has become unconscious and automatic, which a habit is, it's kind of going on below the surface, <clears throat> below the radar as it well, as, as it were. And to bring that into consciousness, and if we can bring it, you know, if you look at it as a circle with a, a line down the middle, unconscious being below the line, and conscious being above the line, you're kind of bringing above the line, you're looking, you're making what's unconscious conscious, and then you can make choices. And one of the ways you can change habits is you can replace more healthy, you know, bad habits with good habits, or, you know, ones that don't work for you with ones that do. Just for an example, a lot of people are very hard on themselves, you know, maybe you are, maybe, you know, we can all be hard on you, 
self-judgment, self-criticism. Oh, there I go again. I'm always screwing up. Oh, this and that. All those stories. Yeah. What we can do with mindfulness is we can notice those that habit of judgment, of self-criticism. And each time we, we see that coming up, we can actually replace it. We can replace it with self-compassion. So mm-hmm. self-judgment with self-compassion. Self-compassion is just being kind to yourself. It's like, oh, yeah, this, I'm, this is hard. You know, I'm, I, I wish myself well, you know. So instead of beating ourselves up, we're actually being kind to ourselves. You know, it could be as I'm talking to you, I'm like putting my hand on my heart and on my, on my belly and just that sense yeah. of, you know, caring about oneself. Because a, a lot of the time we're, we are really hard on ourselves. And this is, that's just one example of the way, a way we can kind of, I call it kind of changing the channel, you know, mm-hmm. change from one thing to another. And, you know, develop more healthy ha- habits in our lives because habits are always going to be part of our lives but but we can make you know we can re- can replace more better ones with not so good ones yeah how do you approach the idea of so like what you said about you know um, self i guess inflicted wounds in in that way and um you know especially now we're all undergoing a similar type of of trauma and that we're all stuck inside and yeah. and uh you know every you know, everywhere you see posted is like, you know, that um, that Isaac Newton did this and other great histories, you know, figures of history created these beautiful works of art and profound things uh, during their own times of, of plagues um, and quarantine. And, and that's a lot to compare yourself to when you're not really set up for that. So yeah. how do you... How do you marry the idea of mindfulness, but also motivation so that you, you know, you keep yourself doing something that's good for you but also not beat yourself up when you know the human part comes out. Yeah, I think the more the more kind and accepting we are of our experience, and we're not always we know we're not in a struggle with it. Of all mm-hmm. of like I got to have this, and I got to get rid of this. The more we actually open to and allow what's here to be here, you know, make space for it. The more, in fact, that we, the more kind of space opens up for us to, to be more at peace with ourselves, more at ease, more balanced. And from that, I think naturally the energies arise to kind of, to, to do things. It's not that we kind yeah. of become passive and whatever, you know, <laughs> um, you know, kind of just lay back on the couch with a beer, you know, it actually, you know, it, it can be actually be really energizing for mm-hmm. when, when there is that sense, because we're not using energy up in a struggle with the way things are. We're not kind of fighting because that really does take a lot of energy when we, when we're in that fight or flight place and, you know, we're, we're kind of, we're, the underlying implication is we're we're threatened we're we're in survival mode and and that takes a lot of energy and you know we just feel it in our bodies and our muscles you know so yeah. the more we can relax and be at ease and and be balanced with the way things are i think the more more we can kind of align our um, actions with what our deeper intentions are yeah so i guess on a, on a similar vein of that and and your book habit swap how would you propose that somebody listening to this 
who wants to be more mindful, particularly during this this time in history, swap out some, let's say, nervous, unhealthy habits for a uh, a mindfulness habit? And how would you how would you go about doing that right now? Now, one of the things that I think is important is I call it a bedrock habit, and that's the habit of of being mindful, and particularly the, the habit of meditating. Mm-hmm. If you develop the habit of meditating, and it doesn't have to be, you know, an hour a day, it could be begin with five minutes and allow that time to be a time where you, you know, put aside everything else, you know, as much as you can for that period, five minutes, 10 minutes, and you just practice being present with whatever is whatever's coming up you know you can be aware of your breathing what you'll tend to see is you'll tend to notice different energies you know of wanting something or being annoyed about something else or you know going off into fantasies or whatever mm-hmm. and, and just tra- it's a it's basically a training of our minds it's a training of our minds to be present and the more we can cultivate this quality of being present the more we can bring this quality into our daily lives. And the more we can begin to kind of shine the spotlight on our habits, because if we're not, if we don't have some level of calm, some level of balance, some level of awareness, we're just going to keep acting out the patterns. But if we can bring that awareness to, okay, look at our intentions you know what what is how do i want to live you know what how do i want to spend my days you know we're all you know living in very different situations given the situation you're in i'm in we're in how do i want to live and what 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 matters to me what would be a helpful beneficial way of of spending my day and then we can kind of we can then make choices you can say, okay, I want to do more of this. I want to take more walks. I want to do some exercise. I want to, you know, do some worthwhile reading or whatever. So mm-hmm. to, to make choices and organize ourselves in that way, because what we, if we don't have some sense of intention and some sense of a plan, I don't, I don't mean overdoing it, but <laughs> having some sense of doing, you know, I want to do this, I want to do this then what we'll do is our day will just gravitate towards, you know, whatever we've done and whatever, wherever our energies and often it's anxiety and nervousness and restlessness, wherever they take us. And that will often be in unhealthy directions. For example, you know, where we're feeling anxious and antsy and, Oh, I've been in too long. And, you know, you want to comfort yourself because that's not a nice feeling. Mm -hmm. So what you do is, you know, you know, many of us do, we go to the, we go to the fridge or we go to the freezer or we go to, you know, whatever will comfort, to comfort yeah. us for a while. And so the more we can bring awareness into our life, into our day, make choices, kind of shine a, the light more on our, on our actions, on our habits, particularly, then we can kind of say, okay, what would be a good way if there is something I'm doing? You know, I was talking to somebody on an interview in the last couple of days you know, he said his habit was going, you know, and eating a bagel when he's feeling kind of anxious or whatever. And he just eats too many of them. And mm-hmm. you know, One thing you could do is if you're eating too, too many bagels or too much ice cream, you know, think about it and say, OK, maybe I, this is not something I want to be doing so much of. 
then you know when you go to the market you you choose to buy something else that's going to be more healthy you know you kind of think of that habit in advance and if there aren't bagels there or if there isn't ice cream there then you can't you know that's not something you can do and you can make more healthy choices in in that way and one other another thing about it is is i think it's really important with habits is what is to um is to be kind to ourselves and not Mm -hmm. you know not hold a stick over ourselves because that's not a good way of you know beating ourselves oh i've got to do this oh i'm bad if i don't do it be kind to yourself if you if you want to change a habit and then you lapse meet that with kindness but then reinforce or recommit to you know the healthy behavior you know Mm -hmm rather than what we t- often tend to do is to beat ourselves up. And that actually tends to be counterproductive. You know, we have a sense of, if I think I'm a failure, then I'm not going to like, be likely to do a very good job of, of, you know, giving something up or starting a new habit. The more we can be kind to ourselves, the more we recognize, you know, we're all human. We make mistakes. doesn't mean we don't, you know, say, you know, have maybe regret it, but then we move on. We say, okay, you know, I'm going to commit to, you know, that exercise regime or, or, or not eating that unhealthy thing or not having that extra glass or two of wine at the end of the day. Or, you know, <laughs> all the things we do. Right, right, right. Although that extra glass of wine does sound pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so in, in your own practice, let's say that someone listening to this is like, okay, I, I completely agree. I want to create, a, let's say, my, my day around healthier habits. Do you, after they kind of review this, do you recommend that they they write it down and schedule out their day? Or how do you approach the actual implementation of of this mindfulness practice? Yeah. I mean, what what I do uh, is in the last year or year and a half is I've I've taken to using um, the thing you, it's kind of getting better known now or fairly well known now. It's called, Bullet journal. I don't know if you've heard heard of that. It's a, mm. and it, and I call it mindful journaling. Mm-hmm. What I, you know, it, it's it's a basic what good way of organizing where, you know, you can use a simple, you know, a simple notebook or it, you, much something much more elaborate. But what I do, the main thing I do, is I write down the the main things I want to do during the day including, you know, I've got an interview, I've got a class to teach, I've got to prepare for a workshop. But as well as that, I want to take, take a walk, I want to go to the gym, not now, but when, you know, in regular times. Um, I, you know, I want to meditate, you know, once or twice during the day. And, and what I do is just kind of put a dot for them. And when I've done it, I put a cross and circle around it. So I've done that. It's like a sense of, achieving the things you know that i'm wanting to do but what's important is um it also within this approach is you can also have the big picture things in your life so you know i'm i'm committing to you know listening to talks you know one a day and i'm kind of thinking about you know how how I'm changing and how I'm growing through listening to these particular talks. So that's a a whole section on its own, you know, and I look at, you know, I can have a section for, for finances or health, you know, so the main thing being 
that there's an index at the beginning and I can know where all these things are and I just kind of write them down. So that's just one method, but having some way in which you organize your day and your time, it doesn't have to be rigid, it doesn't have to be down to the finest detail, but just, you know, what are the main things I wanna to do today? And to, you know, maybe say, you know, I'm gonna put a couple of hours in here or half an hour in here to do that. And to, you know, to commit to doing that, for me, every day I make sure I meditate, I make sure I take some walks, I make sure I listen to some, um, you know, thoughtful, reflective, um, you know, a, a book or a talk or something like that, um, to make sure that those things are in place, that I do some exercise as well as the walking. Um, and you know, so that my, so that there's a, a level of intention and consciousness in how I spend my day, rather than just leaving it up, you know, like a, a, a leaf in the wind of like whatever, whatever comes up, you know, and there's, I don't mean at all that, that the approach I'm suggesting isn't the kind of rigidity, you've got to, you know, have everything marked out and planned out. Um, and there's certainly space for just doing whatever, you know, whatever the heart wants to do. Um, and that can be built in as well. You know, that doesn't everything doesn't have to be planned. But have, for me, if I don't have some level of organization like this, then I will tend to kind of act out more at, in my actions will be more habitual and unconscious and often won't be what I really want to be doing mm -hmm. at that moment. That's kind of where I'm gravitating. Sure. Talk to me about fear, um, especially about, you know, it, nowadays um, a lot of people are unsure about what's happening currently, what could happen in the future. Um, so how in your own practice do you approach fear and how do you deal with times when you're unsure or afraid? It's a great question, particularly in the time we're living in, because there's, there's a lot of fear and a lot of uncertainty on lots of levels on the kind of health level, you know, the whole healthcare situation, people getting sick, people dying, 100,000, I think today, isn't it, 100,000 people um, died from uh, COVID-19 and then all of the economic consequences of the measures that have been taken. So what is it, nearly 40 million people applied for unemployment um, in the last two, three months. Mm -hmm. And then there's the political consequences. Where is this going to lead and, you know, what might happen in the elections in November? So there's a lot of stuff coming up uh, for, for all of us you know, in different ways, not, it's not the same for everybody, but it's very, it's very pervasive. It's very stressful. <clears throat> so the first thing I say is that fear and anxiety are natural responses because it's a real situation. We're not just making this stuff up, you know, that something could happen, you know, in, in terms of one's health or one's loved ones, something could happen in terms of the work that, you know, bringing in money, bringing in income, um, you know, all of these things are real, they're having an impact and they could, you know, so in some way they're threatening to us. So it's natural, first of all, that we, that fear will arise. Mm -hmm. 
The key though is how do we respond to the fear? Because if we respond to the fear with a lot of projections in the mind and a lot of catastrophizing and thinking this might happen, but then, oh, what if this happened? And we kind of just give a lot of energy and time to that, Mm -hmm. that we might call catastrophizing about things, then we're going to suffer. It's going to be, it's going to compound itself. It's going to get worse and worse. And and we'll, we'll be in a very stuck place. We'll be in, we'll tend to be very stressed out. Our lives will not be a lot of fun. You know, there'll be, you know, it'll, everything will be stressful, anxious, fearful. The alternative is to bring awareness to, I said it's natural for fear to come up, but if we can feel the fear, if we can allow ourselves to recognize, yeah, I notice I'm getting really tight, my breathing's getting shallower, I notice I'm, my muscles are tensing up, I'm notice, my, noticing my thinking is getting really, you know, really active of like, this might happen and that might happen. And if I can just pause and see that and say, okay, notice that thought, but I don't need to follow it wherever it goes. I don't need to think more anxious, nervous, fearful thoughts. I can just notice that. And I can allow myself to feel what I'm feeling in my body. And I can, the more I come back to the present moment, the more I can let these feelings come and go, then they don't, you know, they don't run away with me. I don't have to go wherever the thoughts go. And so, so what awareness, i.e. mindfulness helps us to do, it helps us to work in a skillful way, in a wise way with fears that come up. So nothing wrong, nothing bad about fear coming up. But if we don't respond to it wisely, what we can easily do, we can get caught up in the ways that I talked about. Or we could blame it on other people. We could kind of project it in, you know, towards something else. They must be doing something. So rather than feeling what we're feeling, we push it out there in the world. Mm -hmm. But that's not a good way of dealing with it because we've still got all of that you know fear within us we've just repressed it and we're kind of pushing it out on the world and of course the other thing we can do is we can get into bad you know unhealthy ways of responding because it's not doesn't not fun to feel fearful so why don't i have a few glasses of wine and that might numb it for a while you know so i don't necessarily i don't feel the fear in the same way so awareness is really really key to kind of moving things in a new direction okay oh good good to know so with everything that you have, have done and experienced so far, what would you say has been the best advice that you have ever received? The best advice that I've ever received is, you know, I, 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 I think for me, I mean, it's something that Joseph Campbell, Campbell's uh, said, um, Follow, follow your bliss, follow your heart. Um, I think that is, you know, for me, when I followed my heart, when I followed what really felt most like this is, this is something that will enhance my life, will make me more joyful, more peaceful, more happy. When I followed my heart, I don't think anything has ever gone in a wrong direction i mean not necessarily doesn't mean everything was wonderful there's still challenges but it was it turned out to be the right way to go if i follow my fears 
then I find I found when I've done that, then I've, you know, it's, it hasn't moved me in a good direction. It hasn't moved me in a direction of growing and changing and really loving life. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of, for me, that I, I think that, and, you know, the, the thing around meditation that I share, you know, as often as I can with any students and people are practicing is that we can always begin again. You know, that we can always come back to this moment. Whatever happened before, even if, you know, we've made a mess of things in some way, we can be kind to ourselves, we can learn from what we've done before, and we can begin again, you Mm -hmm. know, start from here. And then, you know, as in, you know, 12-step programs and recovery, you know, it's one day at a time, one step at a time. We don't have to solve 10 years in the future it's really this moment it's today it's now and that's if if i can remember that and if i can keep coming back to this moment and say okay i can deal with this moment i don't necessarily have to deal with tomorrow or next week you know i need to think about it but i don't need to solve everything then because that's the future right now can i deal with this moment this things as they are right now yeah Oh, great. Well, Q, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. If the listeners would like to buy your books or take your classes or learn more about your teaching, where can they go to do all of that? Yeah, the best place is my website, and that is my name with a hyphen in the middle. So it's H-U-G-H and then a, a dash or hyphen B-Y-R-N-E dot com i also have a lot of meditations and talks on an app called insight timer that's i-n-s-i-g-h-t-t-i-m-e-r and that's dot com and you can just get check under my name and you know i've got a lot there that you can access actually more than on my website so you can find those there okay wonderful well i will put links to both of those in the show notes so people can pick right through That's great. It's been really good talking to you this afternoon. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Advance Your Hour podcast. If you like this episode, please go into iTunes and give us a five-star rating. And while you're there, hit the subscribe button so that every single time I release a new episode, it will go directly to you without even thinking about it. If you're interested in hearing older episodes, please go to advanceyourart.com where you can find the catalog of everything I've done so far, as well as contact information and projects I'm working on. Thank you again and have a great day.